0: Yeah, if you're just all not the
1: where have you been?
0: Yeah, way to miss out. Yeah, mm-hmm. on t- on eleven hours of solid content.
1: <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> that we've talked that much, isn't it? I know,
0: and that's just the conversations we've recorded. Hi, I'm Pastor Elise, and I'm Pastor Mary. Welcome to You're On Mute. mom how you doing i'm good elise how are you oh i'm just dandy hanging out it's finally below 100 degrees here in chattanooga we had a little rain today that cooled things off No,
1: we're getting some rain now in columbia we had a pretty decent storm yesterday and got another one now as long as i blow the roof off we're good (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) it only
0: feels like the second circle of hell outside now so that's That's nice
1: Yeah. Well, I hope everybody but, uh, else is doing okay. Welcome to you're on mute.
0: Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. This
1: is what our 12th episode.
0: Our episode 12. Episode 12. That is correct. 12. We officially have
1: more episodes than Star Wars. Oh, check it. I didn't know we were shooting <laughs> for that, but hey, that's a. Good no, it just thing came too. to my head. It just and came to my mind. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. fun. <laughs> well, um, and this episode is going to be a little bit different um, mm-hmm. because. Um, Elise and I recorded it at um, the South Carolina Lutheran Synod Assembly, and what that means is that all of the Lutherans in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America denomination come together once a year to um, do the business of our synod, Um, that's Mm S-Y-N-O-D, it actually means walking together. Um, but it's our judicatory. And you may hear some people talk about being part of a diocese or a conference. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what that is for us. And we came together in Charleston, South Carolina this year. And so mm-hmm. Elise and I actually had a display table. Uh, yeah yeah it was awesome with a trifold board and everything it had a trifold board we had yummy mints out for people mm-hmm. <laughs> they... we became the mint table we did and yeah um, we had matching t-shirts we had matching t-shirts we have two t-shirts one for two. Elise and <laughs> yes one for me. but
0: if you but. would like a you're on mute t-shirt it is a teal green, seafoam green color with blue writing. It says you're on mute with pastors, Elise and Mary. And on the back, it said it's boomer versus millennial game on. Oh we got one t-shirt order at synod, but if you would like a t-shirt, email us at you on mute pod at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You're on mute pod at gmail. Give me your name, address, and size and you, you can get a t-shirt it. too. And I'll let you know once we have a big enough group where the t-shirts aren't crazy expensive, I'll let you so, know how much. You so don't us.
1: gain or lose a lot of weight because right. when <laughs> exactly. we might be back to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Five Give years me a t-shirt later. size that can go either way. <laughs> That's
2: <I know>. right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, one of the cool things that we did, um, at our display table, was we um, invited people to be briefly interviewed by us. Mm-hmm. And so those interviews were recorded, and we are going to play those for you. Um, we ask every uh, person the same two questions, and those are, what do you wish the church would stop doing? And then the other one was, what do you wish the church would start doing? Yeah. And those were
0: some really cool questions left it kind of open-ended and it was, you know, you could think of church little C like your individual church, or you could think church universal with the big C. And, um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and play, uh, those interviews and just a heads up, we were in a crowded assembly hall. So the audio isn't stellar, but you can at least hear people, uh, pretty well and um we'll work to enhance it as best as we can but uh still try your best to listen um i think you'll like what you hear
1: that's right don't give up because people said some really great things
0: they did all right let's take a listen so hey yeah welcome to the mic welcome to you're on mute (laughs) (laughs) i know we have dozens of listeners so get ready to go viral
2: girls (laughs)
1: do Mackenzie, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> why, why don't we start with you? And so just introduce yourself, like, why don't you say, like, maybe what grade you're in or whatever uh, yeah. kind of school stuff,
2: yeah.
1: and, um, and then what congregation you're a part of, and then, and then maybe I'll say, you know, what the first question is. You ready to go? Okay. All right. All right cool. Go for it.
3: Hey, I'm Mackenzie Taylor. I go to Westwood. I'm <laughs> going into 10th grade because I just graduated 9th grade. Thanks. And I'll
1: call of Springs with your church. Awesome. Okay. Welcome, Mackenzie. Um, so here yeah. is your first question, which is, <laughs> what do you think the church should stop doing?
3: Um, one Miracle. thing that I, like, observe is, like, the church is, like, very, like, close-knit and, like, the congregation can be very
1: passive-aggressive
3: because, mm. like, with my dad, like, looking the way he is, and my bathroom, like, looking the way he
1: is. Your like, dad's African-American. Yeah. As are you. Yeah.
3: He was like a very big guy and stuff. So mm-hmm. like you he walked in, and like I had experienced, like we were in this one church, and the people were sitting behind us, and they're like, oh, I wonder if they'll talk ghetto or they'll talk proper. Stop it. And they literally said that, oh and we were God. sitting right in front of them. Wow. Because my sister was going up to like do like a reading or something for the church, and I was just like, OMG. And my dad, he like told the pastor, he was like, oh, well, that's just, you know, the congregation, you know, but we can't help how they act. And I was like, Really? Wow. Really? And, like, you can obviously tell when you're, when you're not welcome. You right. You said like, it's so welcome, but I can always, you can, like, you can tell, like, when you're, like. Oh, yeah, totally. You get stared and, so like, oh, I'm obviously not supposed to be
1: here. And you just can't mm-hmm. walk so, that back very easily. Right? Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah. And, like, so, like, protective of, like, an old condition, like, coming, coming like, in. as like, I mm-hmm. don't
2: know anything
3: about, like, being Luther or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be, like, very, like, non-welcome
0: mm-hmm. here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like every church loves to put that sign up, right? All are welcome. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But it's like... Everybody that looks like
0: us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks like us, acts like us. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow, that's awful.
1: Yeah. I was already had that experience. You probably keep having it.
3: I'm like, kind of. It's been like getting better now. Like new churches are like going to like... Living space has been like so welcoming. And so yes, open. they would like, be. Some. Very yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. so what do you wish the church would start doing?
3: I wish that like church would start being actually welcome. because like, yeah. you can yeah. tell like, when it's like congregational like gossip mm-hmm. and stuff. And I wish like pastors would like sometimes step up and like not blame it on the congregation, but like hold the congregation accountable. Yeah. So can be very protective of like their old members. Yeah. So it's time to like start holding them accountable for mm-hmm. what they
0: say and it's not good exactly. for you. All right, not nice. letting people get away with stuff because they give the most every month.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, that's tough for that's people. That's a big one. That's a big one. It really is. Oh. Thanks for being so honest and thanks
4: for yes, those conversations. All right, that was great.
1: So, um, our next person is. I'm Cora Burke. I am an almost former
5: 8th grade representative of LCY. Mm hmm. Um, Which is right. Lutheran Church youth, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I go to Redeemer Lutheran Church.
1: What do you wish the church would stop doing?
5: Um, I think, like, I definitely piggyback on the answer of, um, obviously, church was more inclusive. Yes. Um, especially, like, I had this one experience where I was at a certain church. They were having a meeting whether or not to meet the ELCA, and it was over, like, the ELCA supporting the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and it was it was not a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I had hate hair. Mm-hmm. I did not look. Like I necessarily quote unquote belong in the church.
1: Mm hmm. Whatever
5: so, that means. Yeah. yeah. And so they were having conversations about, oh, the Bible says marriages um, between a man and a woman because it said Adam and Eve, and just kept going and going about how it's wrong. Mm hmm like it is an absolute definite sin and it was it was smart and i wish they would stop doing that i don't understand how they care so much about how other like how other people identify and what they do if it's not harming other people it's like there, there are some lines to where it's not okay if it's harming other people but if they're just living their life and they're loving other people i don't understand what's wrong with that and
1: why are why are we not accepting right so yeah you know, i think you know the both of you have said you know we need to we need to stop being unwelcoming and being open so what do you wish the church would start doing be more welcoming. And be happen. more welcoming than I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so these might the, be flips The of opposite each other. of the tones. The opposite yeah, of what exactly. I just said. Do you see some ways of just little light creeping through the cracks where that's happening? There's, like, a couple
3: mm-hmm. at my church, and, like, I was, like, gay Yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, they're, like, old, not, like, old white people, they like, stare, they, like, turn around, they just stare at them, and, like, follow them, or going to be yeah. and I'm, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, why are you, <laughs> why looking, are at you like looking at
6: them, like,
3: them that? like that? And, like, weird. I wore like, shorts yeah. and, like, a shirt to, like, mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And, like, there were like these old ladies, like, gossiping, and they were, like, oh, what is she wearing? She comes to church like that? Like, mm-hmm. oh, my ankle's showing. Oh, let me cover my ankle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't
0: realize this was *The
5: Handmaid's Tale*.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
5: And I haven't had much issues with that, but I think that's probably of like because mm-hmm. of who I am connected to and
2: mm-hmm.
5: who my parents are. Because mm-hmm. with having parents that are both pastors and heavily involved in the church,
1: mm-hmm.
5: I think like I, I people sort of like pass it
1: off. Also, because mm-hmm. I'm white. I was gonna say also because mm-hmm. you're white, yeah. because her dad's yeah. a pastor. of The exactly. church she's gone to. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs>
5: my mom's well known throughout like the National ELCA. Day
1: Mm -hmm, and
5: like she's like everybody in the church knows her. If we ever go to a church, everybody knows her. Mm
0: -hmm. I know the feeling.
5: (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of people know my dad too. And so Mm -hmm. there's that sort of dynamic. But then also since I am a white woman, Mm -hmm. then it's, also, sort of a pass off of, oh yeah, she's fine. She
1: must be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's a little weird, but we aren't afraid of her. Yeah, right. That's what yeah. exactly I yeah. About. Like yeah. we don't have much. The differences are cute. Yeah,
6: yeah.
5: yeah. Like if there there isn't much bias, like preset bias before that, mm-hmm. because of what I look like, like that that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. no. That's no. not okay to like thing compared to your experience. Yeah shouldn't be happening in the church because right. it's not that's not what we
1: should stand for in the first place. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks so oh much for gosh. your responses. That's really awesome. It's a great way to start, right? At yeah, least,
0: seriously. I wish we could
1: just like talk to just you talk guys to for them an
4: hour. Later. <laughs> Welcome, guys. All right, my friends. So I am Deacon Katie Justice. I am the deacon at St. John's Lutheran in Beaufort, South Carolina. I'm right on the coast, so a lot of people are a little bit jealous of that. That is really nice. <laughs> Buford's just one of those places that It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People love to go there. We get lots of tourists. Yeah. Uh, lots of retirees. That's also yeah. a big thing yeah. I'm noticing. Well, thanks for joining us on your mute
1: at the South Carolina Senate Assembly. Woo! So we have two questions we're asking everybody. Uh, the first one is, what do you wish the church would stop
4: doing? So what I wish the church would stop doing mm-hmm. uh, is misunderstanding deacons. Ooh tell us about. All right. tell so, us. so it seems like just the misunderstanding of deacons, not understanding what our role looks like in the right. church. Mm-hmm. It always seems like we get placed in children's youth or family of course. Mm-hmm. Not that I have a problem with that, yeah. but it seems like where deacons are always placed. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see more of an understanding and focusing mm-hmm. more on how can we use deacons in our churches and in our communities. Because mm-hmm. what I see the role as of a pastor is preparing those to go into the community, and then deacons being like, hey, accompany us into this community. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's a good way of seeing it. So that's something I would like the church to stop doing is misunderstanding. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. What I would like the church to start. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is our second question. Yeah. Um, Which tends to be the flip of the first question. <laughs> yeah, we've discovered that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, prove us wrong. <laughs> well, I'm going to actually prove you wrong. Um <laughs> Start... Improving more awareness and focus on mental health. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's totally. something that I've seen pastors mm-hmm. go through. I myself have anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. I take medication for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've also heard of other leaders who struggle with, it may be ADHD, it may be... Mm-hmm bipolar mm-hmm. things like that and mental illness can be misunderstood absolutely right? and so i would love the church to start talking more about mental health and really focusing more on our rostered leaders our people yes. in our congregation who don't always feel safe to talk about those things one of the things i tried to do is open up about my journey so that people feel more comfortable and a lot of my youth also have those same struggles. Right. But they yeah. feel comfortable talking about it because they see, oh, my deacon, mm-hmm. yeah. thing is going through the same thing. And you we, say it out loud, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> say it out loud, and they feel more comfortable talking about it and knowing that they've got somebody to support. That's well, awesome. I, I've heard somewhere um,
1: somebody's talked about this issue and said, you know, a lot of congregations are, you know, they like to open food pantries and that's which is all great and um, the person said in the very near future like aka now um, you know what if congregations opened you know mental health centers in their congregation? i mean do you think that's something that could happen at your church
4: i mean what would be the barriers to that so the barriers Uh, to that would be just raising more awareness with our congregation We have a very, uh, I would say a diverse congregation, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, some that come from up north and then those who are in oh, the different yeah. areas, so mm-hmm. that's what I mean by very diverse. Because you're kind of a resort community as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I would just uh, hope would be that we could talk more about it. We've had some in our congregation that know the effects of mental illness because they've had mm-hmm. somebody in their family struggle with mental illness mm-hmm. and, uh, um, also, just kind of having the church to be a safe place, I think really what's going to start that yeah. is having those intentional conversations, right. like how, uh, how has mental illness affected you, whether you've had it or somebody mm-hmm. in your family, what can the church do to be a safe place? Mental health centers would be a great way to start. Yeah, personally, I think. Having a therapist at a church would be great. I, I go to therapy. We used weekly. to have parish nurses, but how about if we had parish
1: therapists? Yeah, parish
4: therapists I could be therapist would be so so great. <laughs> that would be cool. And uh, I go to therapy weekly. Mm-hmm. It has benefited me in yeah. so many ways. I encourage yes. a lot of people right. to. Right. Oh gosh. Gotcha. But we need to find a way to make that more accessible. Yeah. Um, therapy can be very expensive. Not all insurance covers that. Yeah. So right. So maybe having a parish therapist. At could be oh, something where that makes that more accessible. That could be yeah. pretty cool. And people have better access to mental health treatment. Yeah. Uh, you know, where they can, sometimes mental health facilities don't always, can't always get in there because it's so backed up. And not all the time can they see their patients when they can, but maybe having like a, a crisis person, a crisis person, you know, a psychiatrist, somebody that can help people get the access to the medications that they need, right. also to the therapy. Yeah. That they need. A lot of people carry a lot of trauma. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm one of those people that's been through a lot of trauma. And when you carry that much trauma and you have somebody that can listen to you, mm-hmm. it just opens up, really it opens up, yeah. a world of possibilities that you never knew existed. Oh then yeah, so Totally, yeah.
1: Different. You know what's um, so amazing about you, also as a deacon, is that your last name is Justice. <laughs> and I think that you just...
4: <laughs> Have to use that and go go forth and conquer, Katie. Right? (laughs) Exactly. I, I have been given that last name, and I use it to the best of my ability. Good. Yeah. So, what we want you to do is
1: introduce yourself, kind of tell where you're from, and. You know, we, we joke that you know we have we have dozens of listeners, and um, you know all over the world. So you know, be clear about geographically where you are.
6: You know, somebody listening to... I'm Beth Postle, I'm currently the pastor at Lutheran Church of our Savior in Greenville, South Carolina. We
1: have two questions for you. The first one is, what do you wish the church would stop doing? O- only a couple of things,
7: right? Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I wish the church would stop doing is saying we need to have people in the pews
4: so we can have money in our own. Oh, so I know. It's not all not about really butts hard. and budget. I think the other thing that the church needs to stop doing is saying we want the
6: children and then turning our families away.
7: Right by like giving them
6: yes. the look oh. that
1: tells parents oh, right. that you're too loud or too smart oh. or too not oh. dressed, right? Whatever okay. it is, I
0: hear heard that a lot from friends of mine who have kids who want to be involved in a church, but they're like, Every time we go, if my son like, says anything too loudly, five people turn around.
6: One okay. child who's fussing in ever made Your child I was mine, yeah, and because I wanted to go into momhood, even though I knew it was always I've actually stood in the pulpit, preached, never with my own, because people never let them. You know, they were able to yeah. God. But somebody else's oh, kid comes up and they stand beside the me, arms up, and I. I come know. Up and just keep going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
4: I know. Well, what is uh, what do you wish the church would start doing? Um, my who is here with me today. The, one of the speakers was
7: talking
4: about
6: it. Um, yeah. telling yeah. our story. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I start every small move, anything oh. I do with the church. I start with telling why you're here and why are you here at this Bible study, but more important to me is why are you here as an active member of this congregation? In this place? Yeah. How has this church yeah. loved you yeah. enough
2: to keep me here?
6: Yeah, that's what people out
1: there.
6: Often. Totally come to my church. They'll, yeah. they'll let your kids be squirming. They will. They will have. You'll, suddenly, you'll have two cousin grandparents.
1: Well, thanks so much for talking to us yeah. You're on You're On Mute. Beth. Yeah.
2: Appreciate
6: yeah.
1: You. So welcome to You're On Mute. This is our podcast with. Um, Uh, Baby Boomer Mary and Millennial Elise talking about issues in the church and the world. And so we just want you to introduce yourself, you know, because we have dozens of listeners all around the world. (laughs) Um, Make sure that, you know, you're very clear about where you are located in the world geographically. And then we have a couple of questions for you. So why don't you introduce yourself?
7: Um, My name is... um, baby boomer Tracy. Nice. and You're
1: Elizabeth. our first baby boomer by the way. Oh, yes, Ooh. you are. Well, I, I'm honored. I live in Chapin, South Carolina. Well, Tracy, we have two questions. One is, what do you wish the church would stop doing? What do you think? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is
7: putting the names of donors on permanent fixtures, <laughs> and, like windows queues.
1: Yeah. Um, why? Well. What do you think that does? I think that, well I will just, a little
7: bit of my background, I've moved around yeah. a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, um, a geographical place. Yeah. Um, so my home i don't have a geographical community i think that i have historical deep, deep roots right. from it. and so for me it makes me feel like an outsider mm. when i see you know somebody's name from 1852, yeah, and it's not the family name. I don't mind it, but I just it doesn't make me feel it, does not give me a sense of place in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like it
0: makes it feel more like a like a country club, like an exclusive country club, yeah, like than an like, like an opening, opening it's just open church. church. Right? It's just not yeah. Yeah, right. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
7: I never got to know that person. I'm sure they were me. Right. <laughs> I'm really glad that they gave that beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I kind of think the baptismal font is God's. Yes.
0: Oh, oh a, I hate when it's given it a loving memory stuff. of. We, we have like communion sets at my church that have people's names engraved on them. It drives me crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah I get and I did,
1: I don't really think about that as deeply yeah. you guys are mentioning like, yeah, people's names engraved on the communion chalice. Yeah. So, right. And well just, just I I probably most particularly in the worship yeah. Class. yeah, Yeah. It reminds me of my um my uncle is a retired Methodist minister. And his wife was a very reluctant pastor's wife. And in the Methodist church, not only um, do they provide you with a parsonage, they provide you with a furnished parsonage. And what used to drive my aunt crazy was that in their home, you know, so there's the <laughs> ugly picture of the cat, and it has given in loving memory of So yeah. everything in that, that picturing the headboard of the master bedroom. Everything in their home had a plaque.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I might have added a few plaques
7: of my own if I had been living there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, is it makes it then impossible to change anything. It's like, we can't take that wall down, you know, Pastor Gary gave the 50 cents it
7: took to put that wall down. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's done in love. It's done Mm -hmm. out of love for the church, Mm -hmm. and you want to respect that person, Yeah, but um, it's, you know, ancestor worship. And and it is, it is, like you said, like, you can't move time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so whatever,
1: yeah. whatever the reasons were back in the day, they no longer work.
7: Yeah. There's a flip side to the coin today. Totally. And when, you know, I do I do try to have an appreciation, and uh, I, I have an appreciation for people who have grown up in a community know, and they you know, generation to generation
4: to no. generation. Oh, yeah, right, yeah.
7: But that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think everybody should just oh, yeah. change for me because I think that, you can yeah, up
1: but that's why, perspective that's why we it. need to listen to each other's perspective. So, we mm-hmm. have a flip to the question, which is what do you wish the church would start doing? I wish, other than take the flags so off of <laughs> the re envisioning
7: of when is Sabbath Sunday morning between yeah. 8 uh, and uh, 11. Yeah, people um, to start into that. Yeah. No, totally, (laughs) yeah. yeah. time that's been set apart and Sacred is 100%. Like
0: conducive to every. Right. Well, it's like one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, church is far more than just Sunday morning. It's Monday through Saturday as well.
3: Right. And so
0: how do we make space for that as well as, you know, the other scheduling things that people have and, and kind of allowing... Allowing our worship and our Sabbath to permeate more than just our weekends. Exactly.
7: Um, I have this image in my head and it's a little, y'all can help me. Uh, yeah. I,
1: don't know. I wanted <laughs> to, to hear how it you would envision. Yeah. yeah. I, polish it up.
7: I mean, it, so it, this is relating to COVID. I heard one time, like, I saw there was, like this trivia question, yeah. it was like, what is, um, what is nature's printer? Mm. What, yeah, what naturally? Can. Yeah. And it's the wind, it storms. Mm. Storms are natural cleaners. Yes. And I
1: vouch you know, for that in my yard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And,
7: and you know, when you're living in it, like, it's a mess and disruptive and yeah. you know, that, that beautiful old tree that fell down. You didn't know you know, I didn't know, the know that it was actually dead. dead.
1: Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know, you didn't pop. even notice it was dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the wind did and took it down. Yeah.
7: You know, the storm of COVID has shaken up. Pruned our calendars. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And just uh, pick up the pieces in a different way.
1: And and we've had this model for a really long time. Mm -hmm. not for forever, like a lot of people think. Well, yeah. that's
7: exactly it, too. And History helps
1: remind us about that, you know? That's right.
7: And, you know, when people say, you know, like, we've always done it that way. Well, that's a snapshot in your mind from what? From what? Right. Is that a snapshot from? From childhood. 25? Yeah. Is that a snapshot from, you know, mm-hmm. because my, you know, my daughter's snapshots are different than mine.
3: Right.
7: Even from know, the yeah. same time,
0: yeah, no, I like, the, I like the way you put that. I get you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like, we always
7: do it's Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thank coming you, on You're On Mute.
6: Has to keep and My call right now
8: is to the Church Library Organization, where I'm the executive for administration in the office of the secretary.
1: Right, and you handle like records and record records, keeping.
8: Records, minutes congregation statistics the rosters of ministers and congregations and the archives
1: sounds oh, intensely boring but boy are we glad you do
8: it <laughs> rostered minister profiles and oh man profiles. those are important those are sure. important yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah it's the
0: online dating site of, of uh <laughs> yeah. of the elca world and that's what that's what
4: it felt like when i was in and, first call yeah, yeah. <laughs> <right>. swipe, swipe <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> Well, Pastor Fry, we are so glad you're here,
1: and we have just two questions we want to ask you. And you can take them any way you want. So the first one is, what do you wish the church would stop doing?
8: I think it's important that we as the ELCA, Mm
2: -hmm.
8: um, that we stop defining ourselves in the old identities of Northern European. Right,
6: yeah, yeah.
8: And so many congregations cling to that. Mm-hmm. I, I served a congregation that was advertising itself as uh, mm-hmm. Swedish. Swedish? I knew you were going to say that. And they hadn't spoken Swedish in the service since
2: 1923.
8: Right, yeah. Um, and they did not understand that. Hanging on to that identity was exclusive. They thought it was attractive.
2: Right, um, proud of it, and they were
8: proud of it. But it was no longer serving the gospel. Mm. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, And as we seek to become a younger, more diverse uh, church, we have to be sensitive to. The things that we say and do, mm-hmm. we can't. We can't keep talking about jello dishes yeah, as I being Funny I, as, as, as
0: being what, what identifies us as
8: Lutheran or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have this wonderful theology that fits so well with mm-hmm. the way the world is. Mm-hmm. We live in the world where we know that things are both this and that at the same time.
4: Right, um, right.
8: Even though people are fighting to polarize
4: them. Right.
8: Um, and I, I think that we have good news that can you know, really be that to be mm-hmm. but...
1: This other stuff just gets in the way,
8: right?
0: Oh yeah, and we use those identities as an excuse for our lack of diversity. You know, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, of course we're the whitest denomination. We're from Scandinavia, and it's like two hundred years we? ago." <laughs> you know, it's 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 a it can be a frustrating
8: excuse for sure. A number of years ago, I got called out on that, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm grateful. A young African American woman pastor turned to me and said, What is a Lutheran pastor supposed to look? Do yeah. I it's not a... look like a Lutheran pastor? Right. And I you know, I yeah. had said it jokingly, but yeah. I realized that there was a painful no. mm-hmm. message in that. I, um, am then I think we've really got to
0: yeah. well, we can embrace where our history came from absolutely. without
1: clinging to it. Claiming
8: like, like, that it's not pre- right. <laughs> right. We love history,
1: right? Yeah. But it, does, yeah. it can inform our present, but it does have to be our it present. It doesn't have to define our present. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so then, our flip question is what do you wish the
8: church would start doing? I wish the church. Would start focusing on the gifts of small community, oh, okay. um, and you know we we bemoan the fact that our congregations are getting smaller, but there's also a wonderful gift small communities, yes. where people can feel known
6: exactly.
8: And that actually gets back to the pattern of the early church. Yeah. And when Paul was writing to those, or whoever was writing to, them, <laughs> yeah. uh, to those communities, they were you know, 20, 30, 40 people or something. They weren't these mega churches. Right. They were small communities of believers who were getting together and doing a community. Yes. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I would love to see us do more. Of. Right. You know, to, to recognize the gift of, of smallness. and mm-hmm. As long as there are lots and lots of smallness. Right.
4: Because isn't hard, that what mega churches do anyway? I think we need to look
8: at it with gospel yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. which right. says this is the and natural grouping. For humans, mm, yeah, and allows all people to, to know and care care about one another. But then those small groups need to cooperate with one another yeah. to do big things.
1: And then you know I think we have to deal also with the financial side of it because I think that's what scares us is even now I think the same group of say 150 people cannot sustain a full time pastors package 50, people fifty years ago. Right. And so what you know, what do we do with that? I mean with the compensation guidelines we just voted on, I should be getting 140000 dollars a year. <laughs> well,
8: I mean but, You know, I, I think we're going to have to look again at tent maker of right. uh, ministry yeah. uh, where we uh, as rostered ministers Mm-hmm. Get some support as teachers and leaders of yeah. the church, mm-hmm. then support ourselves with other colleagues, other vocations. Um,
1: I think maybe millennials and, and um, Gen Z are thinking that. I mean, when I a, tried to a, do it when the little church freaked out. Yeah. Because she. Yeah. Um, Elise is also an athletic trainer. That's what she did oh, for cool. ten years in yeah, so my first career. Year. You know, in a community, she could also easily work at the, a high school, be the or trainer or at or a something. high school. Blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. you know, the, our congregations just freak out at that mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. yeah.
8: Well, again, we're, we're well, we got to put these ideas mm-hmm. of what our mm-hmm. or roster yeah. want to look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we have to shift. And, and the gifts that will come coming. Out of that, I think, is empowerment of the laity.
7: True. And,
8: and laity stepping for mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Take on their right. Role instead, the
1: pastor is supposed to do it all for us. Right. Instead of with
8: us. There there may be blessings in it. There
1: may be blessings after all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah, being with you, us. Yeah, thank you, Pastor.
2: Hi,
9: everybody I'm, I'm pastor joanna gragg and i am from chapin and lexington at the same time hey, right yeah. um serving at mount Horeb lutheran church as their associate pastor
1: well so two questions we have for you one mm-hmm. is what do you wish the church would stop
9: yeah you know i i I think of that all the time like like every once in a while where I'm like I wish I wish I wish mm-hmm. people would stop doing that but then that's that's the answer to the question you just asked as well because I wish people would stop wishing no good point yeah um because every conversation that is is um based in lacking is mm-hmm is what i'm tired of and the and somebody right and somebody said that the assembly just yesterday like basically the same idea of who is showing up
1: yeah mitzi was talking about
9: that yeah okay it was mitzi schaefer okay deacon mitzi schaefer that's what we need to focus on rather than rather than why aren't people coming back
1: yeah coming back coming back when are we
9: gonna be normal yeah
1: have a, there's a button that has two words on it that says wish and do and wish is scratched out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a, so what's the thing? So if yeah. people do, do, mm-hmm. so just wish, can you give an example of what that might look like?
9: I can think of a very simple, I mean, yeah, very simple. Like, I wish more people would come. I really wish <laughs> there i am people mm-hmm. would people would turn it out on themselves and say hey i'm here and i'm compassionate for myself i i know god loves me and i have a purpose here yeah uh the and the, the purpose the, the, the purpose is what you know mm-hmm. like people people forget to grab onto and not passing the buck you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there is something to be held on and it's there for all of us. And this is Christ. Yeah, that's yeah. the answer. But, but he's the answer. But, uh, like we forget that it's not people and it's not this, this, uh, unattainable goal that was ours in the 90s or whatever. And when the church was in its good old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or when I, when I was in youth group X, Y, and Z, and that was another thing that was talked about that I caught on to. It's like the people who say that sort of thing want, what they had
2: mm-hmm. for
9: the people who are coming after them yeah. they want to share in that story so so I don't know how it would look but taking away the <clears throat> unnecessary however you want to <laughs> word that taking away the unnecessary uh, guilt or burden of what it looks like yeah. like like and then actually I don't know I think people are are scared of change but then they're not scared of change they're just have a have a way of looking at unimaginative, unimaginatively whatever is like in the same realm as comfort and so yeah i would have said two and a half years ago uh-huh. but i wish people i want the church start seeking other places like physically mm-hmm not necessarily to like carry the communion and the and the crucifix or you know the, the <laughs> and have a worship service there but uh, yeah. right but just but just to to be representatives where people are gathering where are people gathering
10: yeah in the mm-hmm. worshipful spaces all like yeah,
9: yeah. yeah. And, and i honestly like like have this have this animosity towards sports because everything about sports is what worship here I am I'm an old lady what worship should be or used to be or some there's something about the sporting event that I I get a little bit sad when I go because I'm like well this is what it feels like to be in a community who's excited about the same thing yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, I know the, the the fandom and the
6: and the unified excitement and mm-hmm. you know all of that yeah. you know, so energized by something, right it's yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's amazing. I go back and forth because there's such a unifying power of sport and such universalism. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you know, when I see, like, the guy guys score the touchdown and he points up to God, like, that doesn't care that you just score that. Right, right. You know, God's got a lot of other things going on. But then, you know, I, I think about, like, the way the 95 Rugby World Cup, like, unified South Africa. Well, thanks for, thanks for talking to us.
9: Today. you're two of my favorite pastors Aww. No really I'm t- not, maybe not maybe. just because I'm sitting here I promise <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs>
11: Hi, my name is Susan Fiddler I am a member of Christ Lutheran Church in Hilton Head South Carolina which is one of the uh, largest barrier islands south of Charleston, and I'm currently the
12: president of council.
11: Great. And I'm
12: I'm June Wilkins, and I'm the pastor at Christ Lutheran of Hilton.
11: Yeah. So the first question is, what do you wish the church would stop? Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, I'm thinking back and growing up in the church, you know. Um, I guess in general... I, I wish that we could all be seen as not being judgmental. Mm. I wish the church would stop appearing to be judgmental and stop actually and stop actually <laughs> not just judgmental. looking like it, but
12: actually, yeah, it but actually doing it. Right. right. If it, uh, that that would that's a really great thing. That it would broaden its um its its understanding of who's part of the ministry and who's part of the, the church. And that would probably be a really good thing too. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. Well, right. Right. I mean, and and for that, for that, it's not. I mean, it's it's not like individual. It's not like in, individual people are doing it. Like going, oh, I don't want to welcome that person. It's it's really it's an institutional like like barrier to it. It's like we have to dismantle all of it to, to get to that. So, and then the flip question is what you wish start Yeah, pretty much the
11: opposite, but also not only being welcomed, which, you know, we've been working on really conscientiously and, and we get feedback that that is something that we are doing pretty well right now. But um, accepting that a relaxed relationship or a comfortable relationship with God in a church is it should be what we're all about you know in a place where you can come and and not feel that you have to be formal I mean um, you know you have to come and you have to dress up you have to have your
12: best stuff on you have to be able
11: on your best behavior and everything
12: Right. Right. Sometimes our, our congregation is 40, at least four, I don't know numbers, but 40% visitors. And so how do we, how do we deal with that? I mean, there's, we, we greet people, we talk to people and that is, that's a really helpful thing. I mean, we, there's more we could be doing, but yeah, the, 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 initially, initially that is, I mean, some, some people, some churches haven't even gotten to that you know that extent they they kind of don't talk to people right? so that would be helpful
11: yeah and they come from all over the united states
12: so they come sure. from uh,
11: wisconsin minnesota you know michigan as well as coming from the northeast or other areas so you do
6: yeah um, right
11: you have a con- Figuration yeah. that is a bit different than and, the hometown yeah. church like, right right yeah
12: said. everybody everybody there is a transplant of some sort I mean right. well there may be a couple of people that aren't but it but most everybody is a newcomer and that that's that's tough at, the, at one point because you don't have that that root that that you know kind of yeah right that that kind of t- attaches you to a congregation but it's also really good because everybody's a visitor so we're all kind of on the same journey right, right and it must be really scary for them to like transplant into a new into a new place and kind of start over anew so the more we can help with that the, more, the better My, mine is different i wish the church would start but the, a lot of parts of the church would start taking a stand on on different things like have the courage to do that i know that that's not ab- that's not ab- every Pastor, every church is not able to do that because that not everybody's on the same page. The synods that I've been to, I think after 2009, ha- have been really reticent to get back into it because it was so divisive. Um, before 2000 before the sexuality um uh decision well that allowed gays and lesbians to be pastors which was beautiful but it was but then at so many people left different different uh right and so it's like we're th- there's kind of a reticence to do anything because it's
11: and
12: the and the society is so divided that it's very it's it's hard that you want you want to try to Not bring that into the church, but at the same time, you know, like, and make you know, make. um, I wonder if resolutions are not the best way to do that. So, I mean, I'm wondering, like, workshops might be the best way to do that, where we can come together and go because you you gotta whereas and all that kind of stuff and resolve. But if you could just kind of say, if you could just kind of say, where do we? Yeah, I mean, I we we have to find a common ground. Okay. Yeah, and and I feel that. I, I was a career teacher, and I understand from the
11: teacher's point of view, I think for a long time, our focus has been on the rights of the rights of the rights of, yeah, what are the rights yeah. of these children? Right, to survive class. What right? are the rights of these children when they're in school trying to learn? Yeah, and and they want to feel safe yeah. so i think that that if the church is going to approach anything it ought to be turning their attention to the generation that is being the yeah, target yeah. of of this oppressiveness and and being traumatized these are the future leaders <laughs> right right right. Yeah. And, and we're treating them as if they're second class citizens right, right now yeah. i'm sorry right. yes
6: i think that's probably true yeah thank you so much. thank, thank you. you thank you like oh,
11: yeah. to see you too thank you, thank you. Thank you so much
10: my my name is um, Rebecca Wicker and I serve as um, one of the pastors at St. Matthew's Lutheran Church right here in Charleston right on in downtown right on Marion Square. Ah, yeah. Um, and I and I grew up in South Carolina Synod, so I had like this sort of um, homegrown view from the Synod, looking looking inward, uh, looking from inside out, but I also. In Walterboro, yeah, yeah, and like my my parents were very involved, so it's like I don't know, like a yeah, like I don't know if there's like a step away from being a pastor's kid without being a pastor's kid, but yeah, there,
6: there needs to be a <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
10: Or organist kid, organist you know, kid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, but then, like, I left South Carolina after I graduated college, and um, I served in Young Adults and Global Mission, and I was um, in, yeah, Yagam Life. I was in Malaysia for a year, yeah. yeah, East Malaysia, and um, I had been thinking about, you know, going to seminary outside of South Carolina, and before I went to Malaysia, that was I was thinking that was gonna be a hard conversation to say like I'm leaving South Carolina. Yeah. And then after, and then, and then I went to Malaysia and then coming back to the same time zone was suddenly a very easy conversation. So I went to Philadelphia and got to have some like about four years of experiencing what um, the church beyond South Carolina Synod is like. And so it's a helpful perspective coming back in and being able to take that look at my home Synod and looking at it that way. A mirror image.
6: Uh, 7 to Philadelphia.
10: As well Go heretics. Yeah. <laughs> 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 After going to degree college and I did what support, you wish the church would stop doing.
13: Um. Oh
10: my gosh. So I think one of the things that comes off the top of my head, and I will say like my own congregation has been called out on this by some helpful, um, parishioners who have joined the church. And then they, they were, they were helpful in, um, telling the truth in love about, you know, giving us feedback about what it was like to become a part of St. Matthew's. And they said, you need to explain your jargon and your acronyms. We have a lot of acronyms that we use at St. Matthew's. Yeah. So we have like, um Sundays at mats what does that mean we have wam we have yams we have g for g we have i mean there's there's like you could make a whole vocabulary sheet of all the acronyms that we try to use we have ksks we have joyful noise and it's like what is that yeah. and
6: so cool.
10: yeah and so it's like what the heck are king street kids and it's like oh so it's like use those but maybe put in parentheses like what those things are because nothing makes you feel like an outsider like feeling like you have to learn a whole nother language to come to church but even i think as we get more and more people coming to visit or check out church who may have not grown up in church and didn't grow up with the vocabulary of a liturgy or you know sacrament or you know these words that we take for granted yeah a narthex or name yeah Yeah. um you know just be or being like the hymn of praise and it's like well aren't all hymns like praise? yeah so you know even if you mean like a just tongue-in-cheek in in a way that sort of breaks down division, like church vocabulary, I don't know, some kind of orientation to that, of being able to explain what it is so that someone feels like, oh, I, I, I don't have to know the language before I come in to belong. Maybe have that offered in a way that's not like oh you don't know don't don't you know don't do that (laughs) now i'm getting parachute ideas for the fall because i haven't figured out my class yet i was like oh actually we can make this (laughs) cool and and be like why is pastor teaching that well because i mean there's so much to discover
6: (laughs) well what do you wish the church would start doing
10: Ooh, um, I, I I guess I'm so negative minded. Like, I wish they'd stop doing. I wish they'd stop doing. They need to have like, well, I wish they'd start doing. If they're gonna stop something, what are we gonna, you know, start doing? Um, <laughs> I think I wish that we would start. And I don't know a way to um at this but like a way to start being unafraid to step into what i what i learned the phrase being public theology you know step into the sphere of engaging the current topics that happen um because it gets frustrating when you try to engage a topic and and to be fair, like the last time we, you know, engaged a public topic, which at that time was the, unfortunately, you know, the shootings in Uvalde, um, and gun violence, uh, like the congregation, my congregation received it very well. In fact, um, our senior pastor, who had the sermon that day, Pastor Eric, they gave him a standing ovation after for what was said. And, and we got a lot of positive feedback about, like, thank you for speaking to this. Um, but I think there's times when the church is gets timid about broaching oh, Like we'll put out a social statement but how much do we really on a on a micro scale um congregation to congregation engage um topics that are on the minds of people who are out and about in the world i mean you don't just drop these from your mind just because you walked into a church and if you can't engage the topics of What are what's on people's minds, what they're seeing and hearing in the news, the violence in Ukraine, the road versus wave, the gun violence. If you can't engage these things in a healthy matter way, then it's like, well, does the church just become a museum, a pretty museum that has music? Yeah and um it's like oh jesus loves you jesus loves you but, but what does that actually mean out in the world and 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 then
6: yeah, time. yeah.
10: and then does does worship really co- go with you out into the world if you can't talk about the things that happen in the world and i and i tell people i'm honest i say i mean i'll be political because politics isn't you know democrat or republican politics is how we live together so being political jesus was political but I'm not going to be partisan about it. So I wish the, the church would start having a little more boldness. I know we, I know again, on the, on the church wide scale, we have these broad social statements, but I wish there was more that we could do on a church by church basis to be unafraid of um, engaging those topics. Cause I think we're also afraid of um making people upset that it's not nice and sometimes what's nice is not necessarily what's good
13: Yeah, so I'm Kristen Williams. I'm the new um, executive director for financial development for Novus Way, um, which as my husband would say, I've sort of been preparing for this job my entire life. So I was not raised in the Lutheran church. We were sort of the family that went on high holy days. And um, but there was a woman across the street from me, had a daughter my age, who was one of my best friends growing up and she was very active in a Lutheran church. And so we would go, that's where we would go um,
12: for the special holidays. Yeah, exactly.
13: And um, then I just started to get really curious about religion because I was going, you know, we weren't going regularly. So I had lots of questions and um, I sort of, you know just just got really curious and, and sort of asked to go more often and um so I did and then I ended up there was a um they were going on, the church was going on a mission trip in the summer before ninth grade of high school and they had someone drop out and asked if I wanted to take the spot. And so it was more, it was, I think it was a partnership maybe with, um, I want to say it was Reach Work Camps at the time, but I think it was sort of a partnership with Habitat for Humanity or different organizations in the area in Tennessee. And I think usually I picked the sort of the Habitat partnerships, because I was always interested in the, the mm-hmm. building and, and helping to repair homes and getting to know the families. And so I helped roof, re-roof a house, which was really fun. And then just sort of that connection that you have there, because when you're at sort of those high energy events like that, it's really exciting. And you want that feeling to sort of last.
6: Exactly.
13: Um, and then the next year I joined the confirmation class because that seemed to be the best fit for me to kind of understand, um, even though, I was 14 and had not been baptized because I wasn't raised in the Lutheran church and so they let me join the confirmation class and then right around Easter before my 15th birthday I was baptized and then um
6: exactly which
13: I always thought was really special and kind of why I feel like um my sort of faith's journey has been very different from a lot of my peers. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. but that very summer, good. um, after I was baptized, I went to camp formation oh, at Lutherage nice. and that was my first camp, ex- first and only camp experience as a camper. Oh, and it's clearly stuck with me right. for four years. I could not wait to go back. And our church did so many other trips throughout the summer, um, in different places that they didn't go to camp regularly. It was more of a, you did that on your own. Yeah. Or you just did camp formation. Yeah. So we never went back but i waited until freshman year of college and i waited for that application and i applied <laughs> and i was a counselor um and i did all three summers at camp and it was just again those sort of mountaintop experiences that you so often hear about and after that i was considering actually going to seminary and i had some friends that were in seminary that were older that I'd worked at camp with. And they were like, why don't you try being a youth director first and see if that's really what you want? Because it's a, it's a huge, yeah, it's a huge commitment. And back then there weren't a a lot of the same scholarships to Southern as there are now. So it was really expensive. So I was a youth director actually at a Presbyterian church, but in Brevard right down the road from Lutherage. So I still got to go back and help for fall retreats and things when they needed folks. And I, uh, yeah, and I took my kids actually to Montreat, but when I was there, yes, it was well, I mean, there's this whole connection there. There's so many camps and so many religious camps too. Oh, yeah. It's sort of everybody's sort of your sister camp. It's right. not this competition. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of Presbyterians in Chattanooga.
6: So mm-hmm. a lot of oh like, yeah. Hey,
13: like, no. yeah. Really yeah. 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 It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's a place apart. You need to go there. Um. But yeah, and so th- that made me realize I did not want to go to seminary. <laughs> But I got involved with um, volunteering with the American Cancer Society's really, for life, and that just sort of created this love of nonprofit work and service for underserved um, individuals and especially kids. And so from there, I just sort of jumped to different organizations and always knew that one day I would, like, my dream would be to come back to camp and in some way, sort of serve and help you know help yeah, with the. yeah yeah and the, and sort of continuing that legacy for the future of camp for campers forever for my kids and grandkids and um so when the the position became available I was like yeah you know I'm happy where I am maybe I won't and then my husband was like you you met you you should just at least look at it well yeah so I didn't even have time because um former bishop Leonard Bolick called me yeah said I've had a lot of people giving me your name what do you what you think you know are you interested and so then I you know it was just after the first zoom sort of interview I was like man I you know <laughs> this is just perfect and it might not be my timing but what is it ever my oh, timing oh my God, it's God time. I know I know it was just like right. definitely God's timing oh, so exactly. yeah so I've spent quite a bit of time since I started 14 days ago nice. um, back at Luther Ridge but I'm so excited about about visiting the other campsites um, and hearing you know, how campus touched the lives of those counselors and staff and the families and pastors and kids, um, the way that, you know, I know that Lutheridge touched my life and so many. So, so is your, your position kind of like a marketing uh, position? No, it's fundraising. fundraising. Yep, yep, yeah. So we have a great marketing person, Jessica. I would never want to take her job. I'm so excited. I don't have to do that. But, um, but yeah, so it's more, I'll be traveling and meeting with folks and sort of hearing their stories and helping them you know, figure out where they fit into the, the, the story and how they can give back to camp and, and, you know, work with me on ensuring that camp is alive for, for generations to come, because we want to make sure that all kids have that opportunity. And there's a lot more scholarship programs now, you know, um, camp a lot of times, it, especially at, you know, Lutherage and Lutheran camps, it's a lot of the same people that are coming together and not very drastically different backgrounds or upbringings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's changed. There's been a shift in that. And so more people are realizing that everyone needs camp and how can we get those kids that need it most there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And during the the video yesterday, yesterday yesterday I played during Senate assembly. There was a pastor in Florida that talked about Frank. yeah yeah pastor Frank the kid coming to camp and are doing their day camp and um sort of you know I guess his comment was you know every every year I have friends for for a week you know by coming to day camp and you know you want to be able to you don't want them to have friends all the time but for them that that's just such a profound statement and there's so many kids that are struggling with you know so many different. Well, like being different really, things you know, now the, yeah right even it, it yeah. is it does it does and everybody gets dirty and you know everybody's eating the same things and good or bad and you know everybody's <laughs> done in their like Lutheran sh- or whatever camp t-shirts proudly and yeah so it's it's just such a you know there's so many opportunities and it's you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for kids to just be kids and not have all of these outside pressures the whole time and try new things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids, you know especially some of the the scholarship children that we're getting coming to camp or um the at-risk groups that are coming and and you yeah. know we're opening their eyes to those kinds of experiences they've never left home before or left their town and they're, they're coming the right there. yeah or gone swimming or mm-hmm. rock climbing uh, mm-hmm. or doing the climbing wall in the zip line. and um there's also you know the doing things like the, those kinds of activities especially the, the calming wall and the zipline. you learn to trust other kids. So you may not know each other, but, you know, you know that it's, both of you are important. And, you know, when you're belaying, you know, it, it, both of you have to be on the same page. And it's just a great opportunity for kids to learn, you know, leadership skills and communication skills, which, yeah, with cell phones and all of that now, communicate, their communication skills are just not, yeah, <laughs> not where they probably should be. So you know, you have to put those away and just sort of escape for the week. And
6: yeah, we did. So my family's always been really
13: Yeah, yeah.
6: Um, my dad was the uh, director of a nonprofit called the AIDS National Care Network mm-hmm. in Chicago, and the big event every year was Camp. One week we went to Lutherdale, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and we brought just a busload of inner-city Chicago families. Um, we would bring the whole family, but it, like That's one member it. of the family was either was usually had it was HIV positive. One mm-hmm. of our staff was HIV mm-hmm. positive, it was literally a getaway to be with other families. Mm-hmm. and had a family member with and kids were mixing and, it's in, it's and, it's it and all that. And so it was a bunch of like inner-city Chicago kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the first nights, um, my sister and I were always counselors. Oh, he could be a counselor with the food, so we would do that. And um,
11: one of we were always in charge of yeah, the yeah. littlest kids. And yeah,
6: yeah. this one night, as dusk was falling, you know, oh, yeah. one of our kids, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, yeah." And we like, oh, that's a bad. yeah like, yeah yeah but he was, like, years old because i mean i grew up in chicago but i was born in the suburbs so you would have fireflies yeah. in the city you know even if they are out yet, you can't see it mm-hmm. too right and so it was just like he became obsessed with that mm-hmm. i mean they were just like, catching them uh, yeah out. It was the coolest thing to see, like, you know, just putting somebody in a new
13: environment with mm-hmm. there's freedom to learn to say, i Right. And how rewarding it is, too, to be a part of that kid's story. You know, a little blip, but, like, you, you have such a vivid memory of that. Imagine what that kid remembers from that experience.
6: I know, maybe. <laughs> you know,
13: works in a museum, and you never know. Yeah, yeah
6: so cool to find that out but, but yeah no camp is so special and i know like a lot of camps are struggling with staffing mm-hmm. getting campers i mean you know as a former oh. staff member at a rock when i hear how small this is mm-hmm. it's really sad and so you know and i know like Nova way has gone an incredible amount of change in the last couple of years and things like that and some turmoil mm-hmm. but then also some successes too and so I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what you all as kind of... Yeah, know, yeah. So, you know, this way are going to kind of turn it around a little bit. I have a lot of faith that that'll happen. People will kind of start coming back to camp, mm-hmm. but it'll be really cool to see all you do that.
13: Yeah. I think everybody has a lot of bright ideas and it's, you know, you know and, and we're all, you know, especially as you never really lose that sort of camper counselor mentality of like, yes, let's have these big ideas. Let's do it now. And things take a little bit more time to to play out, but I think it'll be exciting, especially, I think next year, maybe we'll get a little bit more back to normal with, with staff. And yeah. And campers, there's still some COVID issues happening obviously um, at camps. And so I think at Lutheridge last weekend, they just told the counselors like, you're not leaving site like on Saturday just so we'll bring pizza in and they got but it's like I would have loved that as a counselor like I I, you know you want to hang out with them anyway when you leave camp you're going off site to do something else with each with each other so what about everybody being together and just having fun like that so they had yeah they had like a slip and slide and stuff and of course they loved it and they were like this was this was way way you know yeah 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 than going out to eat in Arden, you know, or whatever, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) but, and it's, but yeah, it's neat to see too, you know, I'm so like Lutherage focused because that's, that's been my experience, but to hear about all the different things happening at the other camps too, um, you know, as a Lutherage counselor, you're, really aware of what goes on at Luther Rock and all those programs and they were a little more outdoorsy than I was when I was younger but now I appreciate those things um but then you know Luther Ranch with the equestrian program and the different um the different sort of adult and and youth programs they have going on and then um, with it, Luther Springs too, in Florida and being on the water and having all the water activities and, um, you know, they all have their own story and their own people who are so invested in them and, you know, are lifelong lovers of camp and
6: yeah, and, the yeah. and, and then adding
13: that. sort of the outdoor school at mm-hmm. Luther rock and, you know, yeah. creating that model for the other sites as well. Mm-hmm. So they can come and learn about environmental education throughout the year. So it's not just yeah. youth programs, a summer camp or yeah. random weekends throughout the mm-hmm. year, they can come and and see a different side of camp. And then, but yeah, it's we're you know, getting creative to keep the ministry going and, but also to reach, to reach out to more people. So they may not be coming for a retreat for, you know, a camp led retreat, yeah. but they're coming to camp. They're experiencing right. what it means to be a part of that place. Yes. And they still get yeah. the benefits of that. And yeah. and hearing the story of camp, whether they're, yeah. they're a part of it or not. It's a <laughs> feeling. And I had someone tell me the other day too, you know, Lutheran just has the smell and yeah. it smells like home. And when yeah. you drive in, you know, but I'm like, you know, I didn't even think about it, but every time I started, I drive in, I like, you know, walk, see the sign uh-huh. and, Turn into Lutheridge. I roll my windows down, and I'm like, I never thought about that, but yes, that's exactly it. You want it—the sense of camp that just is so nostalgic, and it stays with you forever.
1: What do you think? Can we say something about the fact that no men came up? Oh yeah, we should
0: definitely do that. Call them out. We ready to start the debrief now?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, what do you think, Mom?
1: Those are some cool answers, huh? They really were. And, and pretty diverse too. Although um, also some commonalities, I mean, the number of people, of mm-hmm. a, a variety of ages that said, you know, we wish mm-hmm. the church would be more inclusive.
2: Yeah.
0: More inclusive, um, you know, less what, judgmental. We,
1: <laughs> you know, for a lot of folks, it was, we want the church to, to stop being exclusive. And what do you want it to start doing? Be inclusive. Inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> or stop being judgmental. What do you want to start doing?
0: Start, not judging people. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it was funny how in
1: some ways is, you know, you can kind of expect that because whatever you're passionate about, yeah, um, you know, you want to, to stop how that's not happening. And
0: yeah, it was funny how for some people, their two answers were like the exact opposite of each other, like what we were just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Either, you know, and they say, I don't I wish the church would stop being so exclusive. I wish it was mm-hmm. now inclusive. But there were some that were completely different, you know. Yeah, I were. mean, like um the the one of uh, you know, I wish the church would stop putting people's name names on things. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. I mean, yeah. it's just one of those things where being a cradle Lutheran that does have a church, you know, granted grown i up
1: with that, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, you know. I, I kept thinking the whole time, you know, like, oh God, like our family church, the one, you know, your, mm-hmm. your, your ancestors started in 1814 has right. our family name all over it. <laughs> Grandpa's writing is on everything. I <laughs> so
1: it's like, and I, love it's just, it. I know. Right. So it's kind of fascinating, um, you know, to hear but that the perspective. Fact that Somebody who did not grow up there does not recognize granddaddy's handwriting and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. We yeah. I Feel the same way about it. it you know, it's yeah. exclusive to them, and mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. It also made me think we probably should interview some more pastor spouses. And we. Have. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> My God, I can bring Adam on one of these days
0: to talk about yeah. being a pastor spouse. He's only been doing it for five weeks though, so.
1: True. Well, let's yeah. give him a little more, um, a little more time experience under his belt.
0: Yeah, a little more time to get seasoned. The other up.
1: thing, the other thing that Elise and I noticed right away is that, um, you know, we kept inviting people. I kept inviting people um, when mm-hmm. I would see them uh, in the assembly hall or just people who were coming by to, you know, pick up the men's. And yeah. we would invite everybody. Uh, we we had the questions out there. We said. You know, why don't you go? You know, think about them, and you know, come back. back You don't have to right now. Yeah, be interviewed. And we, no man would do it except you know, Pastor Keith Fry from the Mm -hmm. ELCA, whom I had invited, and he did it. But it it was kind of funny because there'd be like a group of a group of men gathered very near our table. And you know, you mm. might say, "Hey, you want to come over and and um, be interviewed?" And it was interesting because they didn't just say no, thank you. They, they ran away. They just ran away.
0: They <laughs> just ran away. Yeah, <laughs> that was really wild. I mean, and there were certainly some women who were just like, "Oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't right, do that right, kind of sure. thing," you know, whatever. But the the utter just total just. Just fear that you would see. I mean, it's one of those things. Where what it's were like, they
1: afraid of? That's what I wasn't sure
0: because they wouldn't knows? talk to us long
1: enough. To- I know
0: they wouldn't talk to us long enough. Um, I mean, and we had, you know, like you all heard. I mean, we had people from like 15 years old all the way, you know, into into, you know, definitely 70s, 70s. Yeah, I mean, we had a great diverse age group of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I would,
1: I would say if there was any group that, um, dominated, it might be, um, millennial women, pastors and deacons.
0: Yeah, I would say that. I would say so. Yeah. Which is, you know, the population, the population that's been silenced
1: the most,
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know, at least
0: at least in our time and place, you know, at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the boomer women worked real hard for their place at the mic. And so they, mm-hmm. they use it, <laughs> they use it quite a bit. So you know, uh, rightfully so, but yeah, I would say, I would say women around my age, um, or, you know, kind of my ministry experience mm-hmm. age, you know, one to one to six years in or something like that. So, right. um, and you know, that's also the population that, Is the most familiar with and probably listens to podcasts.
1: Yeah, I think that there's that too. Definitely, you know, for folks that have no idea what a podcast is, Mm -hmm. I think it really scared them. And um, because I'm thinking, you know, a lot of these guys that ran away were pastors who are used Mm -hmm. to standing up and talking yeah it's not like it's not like
0: talking to a group is foreign to them right. or anything or yeah. you
1: know thinking they were going to get in trouble you know for what they said that was
0: going to mm-hmm. be put out
1: there i hope nobody does by the way i know <laughs> <You> <laughs> well i none i of think too radical
0: the fact that it was like two women hosting i wonder if we had had you know um a man a man or you know yeah like a guy there with us too if if more men would have been inclined to be like hey it was kind
1: of a you know feminist talking platform i mean it kind of is but we talk about more than just that (laughs) i hope we do Uh,
0: well overall the 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 interviews and the answers were really fascinating and i was so grateful for the folks who did um step up i um me too you know, I, I was, I was a little nervous when you, when you threw this idea out that we would get like two people and we would be, you know, like, we're really going to highlight these two folks today. But, (laughs) you know, once, once people kind of got rolling um, we were able to get quite a few folks. And I mean, hats off to you, mom, you, you could be a used car salesman. I mean, (laughs) nobody escaped our table, when, when, when mom, when Mary was there, every <laughs> single person that even looked at our table <laughs> was like, you want to be on the podcast? You want to come answer some questions? Whereas I was a little, I guess, more shy when I was just there by myself. Well, and I, I knew was a lot more like, people you know, than you did. Yes. You were Although in you your element.
1: Lot, you did know a lot of the millennial. Um, I did. I, I that knew more fun. folks. I knew more folks at this assembly
0: than I did at my my own, so that was mm-hmm. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so that was
1: kind of that was kind of cool too. Well, we should probably briefly answer the two questions ourselves. Yeah, um, let's. about um, starting and stopping. Yeah, um, I think um, I would say what I wish the church would stop doing. And when I use when I hear church, I'm thinking really more of local congregations. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish local congregations would stop being so afraid of, um, advocating for justice.
0: You stole my answer. Oh man. Well, I actually, my, my answer in that way was going to be the other way. I was going to say, I wish congregations would start start, advocating for justice. Yeah.
1: Right. And well, I guess on the, on the, um, starting thing and it it definitely dovetails is that i wish local congregations would just start having more courage Mm.
2: Um,
1: and that includes the pastors as well it's like everybody's so afraid of everybody and everything Mm -hmm. i can see why i mean you Mm -hmm. know i mean you know as we're as we're recording this now you know yesterday um the church uh episcopal church in in alabama had a shooting killing three p- older people at a mm-hmm. baby boomer potluck yeah that they were having that had like you know 25 people who were in attendance mm-hmm. typical church stuff right
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: um, and I think I heard the pastor interviewed who you know and they were the question was something like you know do you ever think that something like this would happen in a peaceful place, like your congregation? And that pastor just went, sure. Why not? You've all day school is a peaceful place. The Buffalo, <laughs> the Buffalo, the Buffalo grocery store supermarket, was a peaceful Yeah. Place. Why should any of us yeah. think that it wouldn't happen there? Mm-hmm. But, um, so we can see why people might be afraid, but we have to sort of be bold with each other. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I definitely, my start is
0: definitely wishing congregations would, would advocate. And, and I understand that people have different things they want to advocate for. Mm -hmm. And some, some topics are, are more hot button and, and politicized than others, but, you know, I, I guess I don't care. (laughs) Like, I mean, I do, but, you know, if you know, the, our, our mandate, right. From Jesus on, on paper is such a simple one, you know, love each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is incredibly hard to do, but if your congregation is not addressing the ways to really love each other, which means advocating for each other, which means, you know, fighting for each other, which means lifting each other up. If you're not doing that, you are not living into the gospel. And yes, there are going to be people who say that doesn't align with my political beliefs. I'm out of here, Mm -hmm. but that's an opportunity to say, well, let's talk about your political beliefs and how they fit in, how they can Mm -hmm. fit into the mandate of, of loving each other and the great, that greatest commandment. You know, I just think, I think the, I think the fear of conflict And the fear of challenging people holds so many pastors back. And what I holds us
1: hostage. It holds holds us hostage. Yeah, holds us hostage.
0: It really, it really does. And I mean, I, I get it to a point. You know, job security and and fear of losing your job is a real thing. I mean, you know, I. I've seen, I've seen, you know, you and Dad have to back off from things before. I certainly had to back off, you know, in just my first year, mm-hmm. um, because of people really pushing back. I don't, I don't know how close I was to potentially losing my job, but I don't think I was. But you never know what conversations so it's were scary when it,
1: yeah, whenever you, yeah, it, when it I mean,
0: like- you know, when you hear from higher ups, you know, basically saying you got to reconsider what you're doing here and think Mm long-term that's a threat. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a threat of of your job. Basically. That's basically saying, you know, get in line, play the game Mm -hmm. or, or you're not going to play anymore. And it's like, I get it. I understand playing the game. Hell, I, I preached that to my classmates in seminary who were like ready to just go into these churches and knock them down like a wrecking ball. And I was like, y'all, like we got to play the game a little bit, Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: there comes a point where the game is rigged and it's just not fair anymore. So I guess I wish the church would stop, um, holding pastors hostage.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish pastors would stop holding each other hostage. I wish, I wish there was more, um, more willingness to step outside the box more willingness to um yeah try new things Mm -hmm. welcome in new generations and how they want to pastor um well it's interesting that
1: especially i think in the gospel of john it talks about how um or is honest about the fact that because of some of the things that jesus said there were people that walked away from him Mm -hmm. and um at least it's not recorded in the gospels. It might've actually happened, but it's not recorded that Jesus like was wringing his hands over those people who left, you know, and saying, (laughs) right. Gosh, you know, John and (laughs) Sally, you know, got really mad at what I said about, you know, explaining the, the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. And now Mm I really like a lot, you know, I did.
0: And they were one of our biggest givers. What are we going to do? I know. And, Mm. uh, yeah, I hate that
1: excuse. I know it's, it's tough, but then we're not Jesus. Right. Um, you know, so we're trying, you know, (laughs) and we're worried about losing our job, but Jesus lost his life. So it's hard to, mm, right. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I know. And it's like, you know, I need my job. Like I can't be too flippant about it at all, but, you know, there are certain things that I would, I would risk losing a job for, you know, I have mm-hmm. a colleague here in Chattanooga who was a pastor in the Methodist tradition. And, um, she married a same sex couple and um, got fired over it, you know, yeah, I mean, and, right. and that, but it was something that she was like, I, I believe in willing this to die and in that and ditch was willing to die. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Die on, die for that. And, and, and you, I, and I, I respect her you, for it.
1: You know, you'll know when you get to that.
0: Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. You know, I think I just i I just feel like the church should be a place where conversations can be had, and mm-hmm. you know, where people don't have to really fe- people shouldn't be fearful of getting hurt, but it is yeah. okay to feel it challenged.
1: Relationship ending,
0: right? Or exactly. Deal
1: breakers.
0: Yeah, know? I mean, and it's just funny too because you know the way that I've preached has or the things I've preached about has somehow struck a chord with certain folks in in my congregation for better or worse and but nothing I said was ever a personal attack really on any one person and yet they have attacked me personally Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I'm still there you know so so it's like it's it's that lack of understanding that like your, your pastor is a person too. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
0: and in a, in a very vulnerable job, you know, I mean, it, especially when you talk about preaching, I mean, it's, it's a soul bearing thing. It should be at least, Mm -hmm. you know, it shouldn't, not every sermon should be like a cookie cutter out of, you know, chicken Mm -hmm. soup for the Lutheran soul or something. Um, and so if you're doing it right, you're, you're pouring a good bit of yourself, whether it's your knowledge or a personal story, or, you know, something you saw on the news that really affected you, you're pouring that into your sermon. And so while we should always be open to critique or questions, um, when someone just kind of rips you apart for something you preached on, that's a tough thing.
1: Mm-hmm. To,
0: to like come back from and I feel like right. that's lost on congregations sometimes you know they yeah, might so we, for... so we hope
1: that the church will stop doing that yes yeah, and, doing and that. you know I hope that those of you who are listening will also think about those two questions you know, yeah what do you wish the church would stop doing and what do you wish it would start doing mm-hmm. and then you know once you kind of figure that out in your own head and heart then start thinking about how you can help some of that happen
0: yeah how how you can help um, this this can, lumbering can, thing move forward
1: yeah how you can talk to others about it as well and yeah. maybe say and especially if you're in a little group that's like you're all in agreement about things mm-hmm. that you'd like to start and stop um talk together about you know yeah. how you can how you can help that happen and the spirit will be present so yeah talk to, we, to your people just really thank those um <laughs> those women and Keith who <laughs> those brave souls so so bravely (laughs) yes those who (laughs) came to the microphone (laughs) to talk about about those questions and you know we didn't really have a lot of public conversation at our senate assembly Mm -hmm. Uh, of course there were private conversations in the hallways and over dinners and there always are Mm -hmm. Um, but um, it was really I think we did a service uh, at that assembly uh, and i'll probably let my bishop know that mm-hmm. and and invite her to listen to the podcast um, because we gave people a little bit of a forum to talk about what was on their you know what was What's on their, on hearts, their minds, minds yeah. And hearts, yeah no
0: totally i'm glad we did it it was I'm a glad we did it, it was a bitch of a drive for me but right.
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know any
1: time spent with you is time well spent mom hey i was so glad to have you there and um thanks to everybody for listening and we'll uh we'll uh we won't see you next time we'll talk at you next time we'll talk at you next time everybody (laughs) all right have a good one folks you too Bye. bye